Welcome to the Hospitality Maverick podcast with me, Michael Tinkser. We at Hospitality Mavericks are here to inspire leaders to create heart-centered and profitable businesses from the inside out, the kind to both employees and customers love and support. Thanks to BizSimply for sponsoring this episode as our show partner. And BizSimply is the all-in-one HR, workforce management, road and operations software designed and built by hospitality experts to make every shift run like clockwork. And we join forces to help the industry to find new ways to become even more innovative in how we lead our people, how we operate, to how we grow our businesses, to how we serve our customers. Together, we want to share strategies and tools that can make the industry thrive long-term, not just survive. When we look at experiences, when we look at storytelling, it's not just in the food that you serve or the accommodation that you're providing. It's in every single touch point where the consumer comes into contact with your product or service. And that comes in terms of the interior, it comes into the decor, it, it, it involves the way you treat your customers, it involves in the identity and the identity system and the strategy behind this uh, as well. And so I think these things are really, really important. Um, you know, we hear a lot about talking about bespoke, I think in, 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 in the hospitality and design industry as well about having bespoke features. And I think that a few years ago, maybe five, 10 years ago, bespoke was something that was very unique. Now, I think bespoke is almost an expectation. This is Sophia Ahmed, principal at Monograph & Co, which is a design agency based in Vancouver, Canada. And they produce compelling brand identities, publications, product packaging, and digital experiences for clients both locally and internationally. In this conversation, we talk about the power of having a story and a brand that talks to people's hearts and how you as a business owner can leverage your own story and how this can make you stand out in a crowded market. Sophia shares her learnings about how you get your purpose and brand communications to work hand in hand and also what her biggest learnings have been in the last two years when it comes to branding and storytelling. As the conversation evolves, we also learned that we both are very big fan of Stoic philosophy and we discuss what you can use these two when it comes to manage life and business better, especially when things get very uncertain. Before you tune in, please sign up for our weekly newsletter, Maverick Talk, which is packed with more Maverick insights, strategies and tools. Find the link in the show notes or visit hospitalitymavericks.com. Now, get ready to deep dive into branding, storytelling, and Stoic philosophy. Enjoy. I have talked a lot about on this show about, you know, the importance of having a story and scaling it as a business and also having, you know, that understanding of why your business is here and what is meant to do besides just being a business. And I've been very lucky for, for the last many many episodes to, to have conversation about this but today I, I think as always there's a guest always bring their special ankle on this and uh sophia i talked with a couple of times and uh, as you will follow her after this conversation i'm sure on linkedin you will see she also has some interesting angles and we just talked about before we went live here as well about the stoics which some of you out there know that i become quite interested in over the pandemic and and we were just talking about the book I put in a newsletter this week as well. That's called Stillness is Key. So yeah, if you haven't read that book, read that book. But coming back to, again, the power of storytelling and why it is so important for your brand and actually how you actually build the brand with purpose at the center of it is what we're going to be talking about today. So welcome to the show, Sophia. It's great to have you here. Thank you so much for having me, Michael. It's great to be here. I gave a bit of a heads up in in the intro about about who you are and and your business and so on, but just for for people to to really get the picture of like who you are, the journey you've been on, what it is that you are trying to solve in the world and the work you do. Yeah, so I own a design agency called Monograph and Co, and we work with people in hospitality uh, and retail. Um, 
as well as food and beverage, and we help them uh, build their brands and brand identity systems uh, for their operations, uh, as well as their uh, spaces, spaces in terms of hotels and restaurants and um, other um, customer experience-based works as well. So that's what we do, um, and our work really focuses on bringing that unique uh, sense of storytelling and uh, detail to artistry and craftsmanship. And uh, the work that we do, so that's a little bit about us. So, so why why was it that you you set out to to start the business? What was the that made the itch for you to say I I need to go and do this? I can really help some people here. Yeah, well, I think that you know there's so much potential in hospitality, um, and, and 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 customer experience. It really drives um, you know and what we do in, in in life and and I was really inspired to um you know bring a sense of of a different kind of unique perspective uh into these spaces um to create something that's um a bit more detail oriented in terms of artistry and 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 um the passion that um you know this industry really brings to the table and so that really uh motivated me to um create something of uh, of my own uh, as well, and I just uh, I think that with you know with a lot of businesses, I had my own idea, my own vision of of what I'd love to to see and contribute to the world, um, and this is was uh, one of my ways of of doing that. Yeah. What background did you come from before you started up your own business? Because you you've been around for five years, so so congratulations with that. Uh, people that's in business know that that's not an easy toll, even if you're a a small business or a big business, you know, staying alive for for five years is is always an accomplishment. It's it's been quite an, an interesting five years, uh, that's for sure. But yeah, I think you know, for me, I've always been into the arts uh, and design. I've been a visual artist for the majority of my life, and um, design and and branding has been a part of um, that process for me for for the longest time. I think for me, I, I you know, I started on my creative journey right after I, I left um, high school when I was 17. So I think I've been making things and creating things since I was a, a young child. And um, it's it's been a path that's led me to exactly where I am today. And interestingly enough, um, although it's very, as, as you probably know, it's very hard to see um, in, in the interim, but when you look when you look back, you can kind of see how all these roads kind of connected into one thing. And so, um, yeah, before I started my business, I spent a lot of time working for uh, other uh, advertising agencies and different types of agencies that worked with clients from all over um, the world and with different mediums and different uh, niches and things of that nature. So it gave me a lot of perspective. It gave me a lot of knowledge in terms of, you know, behavior systems and, and how, uh, we connect with each other as humans on a, on a very basic kind of common level and how that um, can translate into um, the world that we live in and the spaces that we congregate in and the work that we do. That's super interesting. You're talking about almost behavioral theory here and uh, how we actually you know, behave as humans in different different contexts. If I, How do you bring that to, to, to life in when you work with, brands because i guess the typical customer you can correct me comes because they want to increase sales or something is definitely not working right yeah i think that you know when we're looking at brands and brand development we talk a lot about um you know what you know what a brand is so let's start from the basic what is a brand and we can use one of the uh very common terms of what what a brand is which is um what your customers say you are and you live in the hearts and minds of your of your ideal customers. Um, and if you look at a brand from that perspective, um, it really shows us um, an, a kind of window into how do we connect with others and how do we, you know, how do we behave and how, what are our spending habits, what are our psych, um, psychographics that go into uh, customer behaviors to make them purchase one thing instead of the other. I think that looking at these behavior systems can really drive forward the decisions that we make with the brands that we develop and the businesses that we that we create and the purpose as to why we want to create them. Uh, so there's lots to, to dig into there. And I think that's one thing that our agency really enjoys is not just looking at something that looks very visually engaging and, and that has all those touch points, but also kind of looking at the research behind it all and saying, well, why does this drive 
certain sales, whether this is drive, a certain type of uh, experience or a certain type of emotion or feeling or action um, and how we can com- compound on that and really take it to its full potential. It's really interesting there where, where you talk about actually stepping back and do the work because um, I have in different connections on the show here in, in some writing talk about the importance of strategizing in your business and actually stepping out of it because we all are you know guilty of in our own business getting caught up in the doing is that also when you what you see when you go in and work with you know smaller brands or brands in general that thing about stepping back and actually start looking at these things to actually informs better decisions and giving that time is sometimes the issue Absolutely. I think that, you know, and again, like you said, it happens to everybody's businesses, my, myself included, is that we get, we start to look at things from our perspective, and maybe even our friends in the industry's perspective, but we forget that we need to speak the language of uh, the consumer and the customer. And the likelihood is that they don't see the world in the way that we do from our perspective. Um, they have quite a different perspective and quite a different pain point and need. And so, uh, stepping back and, and, and looking at that and saying, okay, um, let's get a different perspective. Let's get a different view. And let's look at, again, you know, instead of looking at our customers from their um, basic sort of demographics, let's look at their psychographics. Who are they? What's their day-to-day like? Why would they come and buy our product or, or engage in our service rather than going to a competitor? Um, you know, understanding that, um First and foremost, our businesses are not meant for everybody. Not everybody's going to like us. You know, and that's true for life as well. Not everybody's going to like us, but that's okay. We can embrace our differences. We can embrace what makes us unique in the marketplace and really connect to those who um, connect to our, our message, our purpose, and our feeling. And it's really interesting you, you, you say that actually going in to see the customer's whole life because you know, different groups of customer can use your business in different ways or they engage with you. Some people actually engage with your brand, but they never buy from you, but they're still an advocate somehow. I don't know if you've seen that. I, I've heard that a lot because I've spent another piece of work we're doing right now. We are, we are talking with these amazing leaders that runs these very purpose-driven businesses that's a good for the people, society, and the planet, and they've been around for a long time. They're also very good businesses, but they talk a lot about this, you know, really, really going, you know, deep in understanding how their customer use their business. Also, it's okay all of them don't buy as long as they support their their movement or their, what they want to change in the world or what they would like to see be changed. Absolutely. And I think that when we look at, at our ideal customers or, or the ideal group of individuals that will really um, be impacted or, or influenced by the, the product and services that we, we put out, there's different tiers, there's different levels. You know, like you said, some people are very supportive. Some people will engage with your brand later down the line. Others might become super fans um, of, of, of what we're doing. And so there's many different ways that we can kind of have a various amount of touch points uh, for various different types of individuals. And I think that it's important to not just seek that out, but also embrace that and understand, um, you know, why that is and why um, something like that is, is, is a good thing for, for brand building. We, we touched a bit about the power of storytelling because to be able to tell a story, in my view, uh, same if you want to write a great vision for a business or describe your purpose you really have to spend time on that as well how good are businesses in your view especially now we we in hospitality how good are we in hospitality to tell these stories and bring them to life because if i think about the brands i really engage with myself it's it's really not about the feature and and the design but it's that story that's told through these elements you know the design the features or the touch points yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, storytelling has been something I think that's blown up a lot about in terms of conversation in the last um, few years, especially um, after the pandemic's been slowing down a little bit. And the thing is that storytelling has been with us since the beginning of time. It's something that we all do, whether we're conscious of it or not. When someone asks you, hey, how's your day? Um, what happened today? You start engaging in storytelling, telling me about certain aspects. And, you know, there's usually certain parts 
the the climax and the kind of the end point and you know the point where we kind of build up to something storytelling has been a part of our fabric of human nature since the dawn of time um and this has been well documented and well researched um so with that being said it's exceptionally important especially in hospitality when we are connecting with people constantly we're trying to create these experiences these unique experiences whether it's even if it's a product that lives on a on a shelf that's packaging it still needs to tell that story it's really really important and i think i really love hearing what you said it's like you know it's all these elements together when we look at experiences when we look at storytelling it's not just in the food that you serve or the accommodation that you're providing it's in every single touch point where the consumer comes into contact with your product or service and that comes in terms of the interior it comes into the decor it, it, it involves the way you treat your customers it involves the identity and the identity system and the strategy behind this uh, as well and so i think these things are really really important um you know we hear a lot about talking about bespoke i think in 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 the hospitality and design industry as well uh, about having bespoke features and i think that um a few years ago maybe even 5 10 years ago bespoke was something that was very unique now i think bespoke is almost like, um an expectation in a way you know we expect things to be different we expect things to be um kind of one of a kind in terms of the experiences so it's an expectation so it's no longer that thing that's setting us apart and so if that's the case what does set us apart it's the way we tell these stories the way we constantly um strive to um get better and better at the experiences that we provide how good are we then at, at telling stories if you should like give you like what is your view on businesses ability to, to tell these stories are, are we are we on the way are we um, far away is there lots of potential still here because when i look at the you know not only in hospitality but i can still see that focusing on pitching benefits features some kind of belonging to the brand i don't really feel because i don't really understand why they're telling me that i don't know how do you see it is that is there a huge potential or i'm i'm totally wrong i think there's potential i think there's always going to be such a potential for people to get better at crafting their their own unique stories um i think that it's going to outweigh a lot of uh businesses who just focus solely on features because thing is that it just starts to become kind of like a jumble and i think you can i mean we're we as human beings are great tests if you want to test whether or not something works better ask yourself when you're going on a vacation or when you want to choose to go to a restaurant or when you are interested in booking a hotel or any sort of service what draws you beyond just the features and the fact that you know you you've it's had good reviews what really attracts you what brands keep you coming back for more and why and a lot of those kind of have a special kind of unique place in our hearts it's the way we feel it's the way we resonate it's the way it makes us you know it gives us a sense of something that captures our attention sometimes these things can be very individual something that reminds you of your childhood something that makes you feel a specific way something that tells a story that really um integrates with your own personal belief systems and lifestyle um it could be many different things but it's usually this that really encapsulates um the customer on a long-term basis and keeps them coming back for more um and that's usually the stories that go beyond just basic features a lot of features i think again people are becoming very sophisticated with their experiences they crave experiences especially after being in lockdown for such a long time And so it's becoming an an expectation rather than something that's, you know, bells and whistles. Like I expect to be treated well. I expect to have good meals if I'm going to a very nice restaurant. I expect to be having a specific type of service. So if that's an expectation, what what's next? You know, what else is bringing me to the table? I was thinking is this also in you know, the storytelling? Do you see like a brand, you know, because in hospitality in the moment we uh, we had for some time and i think we will have 
for some time still to come. Unfortunately, uh, a staffing crisis is. And then we talk about the employer brand. How important are the story here? Uh, they're important for the customers, but you know the employees are there every day. Yeah, well, I think it's I think it's it's, it's very important to have that sense of purpose um, integrated into what what you do. I think a lot of people miss the point that it's it's not just how you treat the customer, but it's it's, it's the ex- entire experience in its totality. Um, everything from how your tra- staff is being treated to how your employees and what it feels like to be in that environment. All of this really encompasses the brand in its in its totality and the strategy that goes behind it. So these things are really, really important. Um, not just what a forward-facing company does, but also what it does um, behind the scenes as well. Um, I think that we see that a lot with with brands of today. The ones that we really love, the ones that we really cheer for, are the ones that treat everybody well and that share that sense of purpose and storytelling throughout. Not just when it feels right or when it's, it's 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 necessary, and so I think that this is going to be a really important shift, I think, in mindset and in growth going forward. And uh, when we talk about this uh, staffing crisis and you know brands in general, how good have they been? I don't know if you looked into this, but um, I've been. I think they were very good in the pandemic to talk about, you know their people, what they're sharing these stories, but uh, have they forgot that? And now it's more like a recruitment piece, again, a benefits and features kind of thing because the pressure is so much on. And what is your view on the opportunities here? Because I believe there's a huge opportunity here because as many businesses actually have a really great story. You know, if it's a small local business or it's a big chain, some of them have some really good stories. They just forget to tell them and think nobody cares about that. But that can actually be, that actually will draw the people you need to work in your businesses to you because they didn't know this about you. Yeah, I think that people, uh, especially after what's happened um, over the last two years, are looking for something that's more purposeful. Um, more driven, they're more interested in living and, and working for a company and supporting a company that um, has meaning to them beyond just just the like like I said before beyond just the features. Um, and so I think it's a really unique point that needs to and should be continuously explored. Um, I think that reverting back to the way things used to be is just not it's just not possible. Um, you know, I think we're far beyond that point. I think now is a great time to kind of um, really step out and, and do something that's u- unique and provides a unique perspective in the marketplace um, that benefits everybody. And, you know, I think even as a consumer or even as an employee, we want to support places that are genuine and authentic. Um, storytelling is a great way to show that sense of authenticity by um, sharing uh what you're here for and what you bring to the table that goes beyond, like I said, just it really ignites the sense of hearts and minds of the customers that go beyond just kind of the material, physical um, features that um, have become an expectation in a lot of, in a lot of senses over the last couple of years. Yeah. And if I really should be, you know, um, and I totally agree with you, I'm, I'm totally into this as people also probably know, but if I have to take the other hat on the, the critics to say, yeah, well, what, what is this all good for? What What is the, the win when I do that? I need something to work now. You talk about long term. The, the response to that is not going to be a response. I think that many people would want to want to want to hear is that you have to look at playing the long game. Um none of these are quick fixes. If, if you've been running a company where, you know, um, people haven't been treated well and, and things have kind of just been shuffling along at some point, you're going to have to sit down and, and really say, are we going to commit to this type of change? Are we going to commit to the way the world is changing? We're also to just being better and, 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 and providing that experience that we, sh- we really want to, to, to provide. And I think that, Doing that is the long-term game. That's what makes it so difficult. Because if it was easy, everybody would do it. If it was easy, everybody would do it, and you know, and we'd get kind of the same thing that we've seen in the last couple of years, which is just generic, right? Like, let's just focus on the features. Let's just focus on what you get in the short term, and then on to the next. Um, but what we see from uh, brands that are actually very successful are the fact that they played the long game. They played the long-term game. 
um, and they've done it consistently and quite well over time. Um, and they've given themselves that sense of flexibility um, because nothing in life is static. So they've given that, them themselves that sense of flexibility um, to move with the time um, and, and really change and adapt as well as they could. Um, and so to answer that question, unfortunately, it's not a quick fix. Um, you know, it is playing a long-term game, but luckily it's not something that you have to feel stressed about doing overnight. You can take small incremental approaches to the step and change things over, over time, which I think that we've all seen is probably the best strategy because as we know, nothing in life is permanent and the world is continuing to change drastically and quite rapidly as well. I really, I think it was the pandemic as well that got me into uh, really trying to practice this little by little. Uh, little becomes a lot. And it's, a, it's, a, it's an African proven that says that. And it's so right. It's like that 1% every day. Be very clear about what it is you want to achieve and clarifying that and actually then just improve your story, your brand, whatever it is, with 1% every day or every week or you know, but then you can start actually building time in to work on it and say, okay, well, I have to spend at least an hour on this this week and I'm going to spend two times 30 minutes. That means I'm 30 minutes ahead of where I were when the week started. And that's great. Then you're moving forward. And I think that's what people think is like projects they need and then thereby become so complex. You're not going to do it. But you, of course, need to have a clear vision and knowing what you need to do. So you need to take that time out to get the overview and understand what is the what are the, what are the, are the must win areas here absolutely and i think that's the best approach honestly a lot of these things in terms of brand building and 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 development um you have to be committed to playing that long game and i think that again that's the crux of the problem because everybody kind of wants to solve these problems asap you know it's like i need to solve this problem yesterday um sort of thing but there is no quick fix um you have to kind of put in the work you have to kind of you have to put in the strategy and like you said you have to be very clear um of why this is going to be important for you long term um and the sometimes the best way to kind of observe what is working and what isn't is sit down and ask yourself ask yourself what what makes you more inclined to purchase something or go somewhere and choose something other than something else you know ask 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 your uh, friends and family what where their habits are, and you can kind of see, start to see some habitual sort of um, habits and, and and spending purposes um, that happen, whether you're conscious of it or not. That can really give you some good feedback in terms of how people relate to to things and and how people are more inclined to do one thing over the other. What is this, the typical common myth you hear about? What you do in your job when you go in and help brands with storytelling, you know, the whole piece about how to actually play the long game. What is the typical myth you're hearing about the work you're doing? Yeah, I think that's a great question. Um, I think one of the one of the myths is um, thinking that uh, having a good product or service is enough. Um, that's one of the things we hear a lot about is that, oh, our product tastes great, or we, we make great food, or our hotel is, is the best, or this is the best. And that's good. That's very good. It's, but it's, it's not enough. And it's, and like I said earlier, it's a necessity. It's like, you should have a good tasting product. You should have well-prepared food with, with fresh ingredients. You should have these things. These, sh- these are not unique selling points anymore. They've become an expectation. And to think that um, the customer experience starts and ends when the person sits down at your restaurant or, you know, checks into your hotel and then leaves is also a myth. It starts way before this. When the person first comes into contact with your, uh, with what you're selling, with your product, with your service, and it doesn't end when you leave, you know. Um, staying in touch, doing, you know, customer experience, customers, it goes on and on and on. And these things are not static. They're constantly being looked at and proved upon. So that's the first myth. And I think that there's another myth, like I, again, I touched on earlier, which is about having, you know, bespoke um, sort of um, 
creations, which is great. Um, definitely something that we we love uh, diving into as well. But it's it's again, it's no longer a unique selling point. Um, it's become an expectation when we're developing brands and identities for new hotels, new restaurants. We want to create something that isn't like something you can find down the street. Um, and having something that's bespoke, having something that is uniquely crafted is the expectation. So what else are you going to do? And that what else isn't um, a quick fix. It's not static, like, oh, it's this thing here, and then that's it. It's, it's the mindset of constantly evolving, constantly striving towards, as you said earlier, being better, just a little bit better every single day and listening to the feedback, listening to your customers and trying to meet them where they're at by really uplifting that experience as much as you can. It's super interesting when you when you said that because I interviewed Ari Weinschweig from Singermans about their journey. 40 years in business, very purpose-driven business from day one. And it was actually, you know, she said, we started the journey really with getting, you know, it's, it's, it's given the product has to be great, you know. And then later in the journey, they had like an idea because it was a small business alignment around what the vision was. They had to start writing this thing down. And they have now ended out with, I think, three very, really deep vision documents that talks about what does the business look in the future? And we're not talking next year. We're talking about 15 years is one of the vision. I think the one that just came out with recently is a 10-year one, 2032, because apparently that's where Ari and Paul think they probably going to be in a retirement or less involved uh, because they are in their 60s now. Uh, but it's really interesting how they develop that and they work on it. They, they write it down, the heavy bit, and then they refine it all the time as things evolve um i think he wrote they would be in 2009 would be about five businesses and they were you know i think there were seven businesses when they came to that and since then they become 17 businesses but they have a very specific way of talking about the future all the time and then reassess how they develop as a, a brand or as a business uh, and how they you know, express that. And you can see that on their journey where if you go on their website, you can see how today you get the feel about what is this place? You just want to go to this place in nowhere in Ann Arbor. I haven't unfortunately been there myself, but definitely going there because just because of that business and that brand, I bought books from them. I, you, you don't want to sell on Amazon. So I paid a fortune for these books because I, I want to have the secret. I want to be part of it. Um, cooking books and, and, and management books for that sake from them. And I think it's such an interesting brand. If anyone that listened to the show, they should go and look at them and see how they use their story and purpose and explain that and how they come back to it all the time because they're never done. It's a life works, he call it. It's never done. Absolutely. And I think that's something that, um, you know, just like your question said, what are some of the myths? I think that's one of the myths is that you think that it's done and it's it's the work is never done and that's a good thing because as we know as we said before life is not static and so you want to have that sense of flexibility and one thing i love about the example about buying books and you know um being involved in their and their purpose and their stories that brands when done well can be are meant to be fluid and they can be fluid they can branch out into other things cookbooks and different ways you can kind of, uh, you know, bring that sense of storytelling and purpose to people's homes and find out where they are and how you can meet your customers where they're at um, can be very powerful and can really set the stage for building something that lasts more than 10, 20, 30 years, 40 years down the line. Um, but as you said, it's not something that's static. It's, you have to be able to com be committed to evolving and moving and, and adapting yeah, I, I I love that. I love that. What what is um like with the work you do and you know the the, the last couple of years has been crazy in a way. But I, I think one of the questions I love to ask a guest right now on the show is also what has been like their life lessons or leadership lesson over the last couple of years. Oh, that's a that's a that's a really good question. Um, 
I think for me, just uh, learning how to find my own voice, I think as a leader is really, has been really important for me. I'm, I'm a really kind of, I wouldn't say shy, but I'm more of an introverted person. I, I, I spend a lot of time in my head thinking about things <laughs> more than I, the more than I spend my time kind of actually verbally saying things. Um, you know, and I think also as a creative and as an artist and a designer as well, I, I feel like I'm someone who's just been more observant to my, to my environment, um, than somebody who actually is more vocal out there. So for me, the last couple of years has really been important for me to, um, kind of work on my own personal brand story and, and, and be more of a voice um, uh, in, in the industry of what, of what we provide as a business as well. And I'll, even as a, as a person, um, in my own perspectives as well. So that's been quite a journey, um, because it's not something that I'm used to. It's not, um, something that, you know, comes naturally to me, but it's an important skill. And I think that, um, just like we were talking about here, it's sometimes we can feel a bit, um, shy or like, well, you know, who cares about stories or who cares? Why would somebody be interested in what I have to say? or something of that nature, or why would somebody care about why we have a restaurant, you know, or why we have this thing? It's just, it's an, it, you know, we just do good work and that should be enough. Um, but that's no longer the case. Uh, you know, I, one, that's no longer the case. Two, there's a very unique proposition to explore and everybody's voice and experiences are of their own. Yeah, all, everybody has something unique to bring to the table. And so that's something I've learned in the last couple of years and it's something I'm actively working on. Um, is how to actually tell your story and be proud of it and, and share your voice with your community. It's really, 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 really interesting because uh, so then you, it's for you, it's, this is a big thing actually now starting to go out talking about what you believe, what you do, how you see the world. And, and, and you have actually had the opportunity as you see it as well, this is my time. To, to, to go out and actually I talk about storytelling, help with storytelling. Now I also have to go and practice it. Absolutely. I think that, you know, a lot about brand development and business in, in a sense, I think are, are shared, shared experiences. Um, and I think that's what makes, that's what I love about what we bring to the table as an agency. It's not a, we know everything and you don't know anything, but it's more of the, we empathize and understand because we also have gone through these steps and we've also felt the the same objections and the same doubts and the same uncertainties that businesses feel because at the end of the day, um, brand building isn't just, you know, just because that's what we do. uh, And that's the skill set that we bring to the table and the expertise that we bring to the table. We're not exempt from doing it ourselves. Um, and in terms of, uh, in terms of uh, personal brand, I'm not exempt from building my own personal brand as well. So it, it's a really great perspective because it allows us to be in the shoes of our, our clients and directly experience what, what works, what doesn't work very well and what, what needs to be um, constantly revised and expanded upon as well. Right, super, super interesting. So, so just taking you a bit on to to docktail the um, hospitality and, and how you see the future, the nearby future for hospitality. Because I guess as you work with brands, both in food and hospitality, what is your view from from looking from the outside? How do you see things evolve? Because it feels a bit difficult in the moment for many. Absolutely. Um, that difficulty is definitely real and it's definitely there. I feel like I'm going to take a, a, a very um, optimistic look and I think that the future is bright. I don't think it's going to be an easy climb. I don't think it's going to be um, something that's going to happen overnight, but I think that there's going to be a lot of potential for hospitality to really kind of break the binds of what we know and to really embrace a sense of change and, and, and create something that um, I think all of us are really itching for after being in lockdown, people are craving experiences. They want to get out. They want to see the world again. They want to connect better with other people and have richer, fuller, more memorable experiences and more memorable times that they can share with their loved ones. Um, And just, 
you know, enjoy life because life is precious and it's short. So I think that there's a lot to explore um, and a lot of positive potential. Again, I don't think that this is going to be something that's going to happen overnight. Change isn't easy. Um, it's just, it's human nature to kind of want to push against and rebel against change. It's not something that I think human beings are prone to embracing in, in a constant way, but it's also something that is necessary. Um, and I think that as long as we can stay open to new ways of doing things, new ways of sharing our stories, um, there's lots of positive potential ahead. That's super interesting. You talk about, you know, you didn't, you know, we are, we are, we are definitely moving away from product features, benefits to this experience thing now. And I guess that's also the element of another guest said, like, we just have to accept that people are going to have less money to spend. So when they then decide to go and have a hospitality experience, we need to make sure we are the one that stands out are going to get chosen because they're going to think about it much more than they did before because they want that emotional connection again because it, it's going to be with inflation and so on for everyone. It's going to be a bit tough. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it, again, I, th- I don't think it's going to be an easy um, sort of uh, waters to navigate at all, but I do feel like there will be potential for something something new and, 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 and interesting. And I think that one thing I love about this, these industries and these um, niches is that um, there's always new ways to innovate and to, and to think about how we can do things differently um, and, and meet people for where they're at. Um, where they're at. And so um, I, I'm quite hopeful, you know, again, I don't think this is going to be like an easy climb or an easy feat by any means necessary, but I'm, I'm hopeful and excited to see how things progress for sure. What about um, yourself? You you run a business as well. We already talked about you've been around for five years. How do you show up pro every day? How do you get yourself in the right state as a business owner? Yeah, I think that you know it's it's important to have perspective. I think that sometimes when we have businesses, we can kind of really um, be focused on the things that are, are, are not going the way we want them to um, and our own kind of pain points and struggles. And we forget that we share these same pain points and struggles with other people uh, in our industries um, and the clients that we serve as well. And so showing up with a sense of empathy um, and a sense of wanting to, to help others, um, you know, just, uh, get back to um, to to you know running our businesses and 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 being successful in our own ways. And so I always try to show up with um, the idea of just trying to be helpful and to be open to new experiences and to adapting to change uh, as much as possible because there's a lot of change happening, especially in the creative industries as well. Um, so there's always something to kind of learn and kind of readjust to. So keeping myself open to that. Um, has been key as of late for sure what about like is there you we is there any like kind of um, book you go to do you have like your favorite book you would always give away you always go back to because a lot of people that's been on the show they have like either you know an author a book or something where they find peace and they remind themselves on this is this is how i can become better or this is how i can show up pro yeah, so uh, for me, it's and this is not um, necessarily design related or hospitality related in what in any uh, form, but um, I'm a huge fan of Stoic Stoicism, Stoic philosophy. So uh, my go-to book is Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. Um, I have that on my nightstand. It's the book that I recommend. I recommend it to family members, friends, um, and it's something that I go I go back to all the time, and it helps ground me into perspective of what I need to be focusing on. And it kind of gets me out of that feeling of, of despair, I guess. And, and kind of when you feel like, you know, nothing's really going your way um, or when you feel like you need a bit of um, a bit of perspective in life, or you need to kind of get over a difficult moment or a difficult time. Um, that book has always been something that it's been my go-to. Um, I quite like it. Uh, so that that would be my go-to 
book. And uh, if, if anybody wants to look into that, um, I, I really highly recommend it. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those, uh, you know, classics in a way. It, it, it can be quite a, quite a heavy read. I, I actually got a copy myself. Um, and really what made me, just to give the people a bit of a hint, that made me really like that book was actually, you know, there's a guy called Ryan Holiday and he interpreted uh, Marcus Aurelius' uh, meditations. And then suddenly, actually, you know, his books, I saw a bit like the children's book in Stoic. And then Marcus Aurelius is like, okay, now I've like, I'm, I'm, I have now studied the Stoics for a couple of years. Now I can really go into this book. But you're absolutely right. This is such a, it's a bit like The Alchemist. I don't know if you know that book. It's like uh, every time you open it, it gives you something new. And if you start writing down your thoughts as well, it becomes even more powerful. So, so I love that. And um, I think I think there's many, many people actually read about the story and we don't talk enough about it. And they are extremely useful in, in the time we go through right now uh, because it's about the art of living in principle. And that hasn't changed from the Greeks, the Romans, where this philosophy came out of from. Absolutely. And I think that when we look and we boil it down in terms of businesses, a lot hasn't changed from um, what we our basic need for communication um, and relating to one another and sharing experiences and sharing, sharing uh, commonalities with one another, which has been with us since the dawn of time, just like storytelling, just like a lot of what we discussed today as well. Yeah, we'll make sure that book definitely get on on the book list on the website because actually I don't think we have uh, meditations uh, from Marcus Radius on our list yet. I don't know why, but we don't. Uh, and we'll make sure there's a, a link in the show notes for for people out there. What about uh, if I gave you the stage and said, what would your number one advice be to business leaders out there that's trying to build a business for the long term? Because that's what we've been talking about today. Um, don't try to do everything on your own. Definitely work with, uh, vendors, um, and people who are experts at what they do in their chosen fields. Um, I know the temptation of wanting to kind of just figure it out on your own. Um, but the value of working with somebody, um, or, or a very well experienced vendor in your industry, um, can pay dividends in the long term. Um, and yeah, play, play the long game. You know, it's, it's not, again, it's not something that we all want to hear, um, because we all want kind of, you know, a lot of these things to happen already, um, because we need it to happen and we want it to happen, but focus on playing the long game and be open and flexible to new ideas. In fact, you should be open and flexible to new ideas more so because that is usually what's going to give you that competitive edge when you're. Um, competitors are just trying to stay afloat or maintain status status quo. It's going against the grain and doing something different that can help set you onto a, a more profitable and more um, beneficial um, road in the long term. What is the the one question you wish I've asked you, and how would you have answered? Well, that's a good question. Um, you know, I don't. I don't know. Um, maybe the maybe the value of art and visual art um, and hospitality and interior uh, spaces as well. Um, I think that uh, that can also be something that is looked over, but um, at times, but it can really play an integral part of the storytelling process, and um, you know, really add to that overall uh, dynamic. Uh, as well, when somebody um, comes to one of your spaces or when somebody um, interacts with your product and service. So um, that would probably be an interesting thing to dive into as well. Mm, that was a really interesting angle you, you took there. Love that. Um, where where can uh, people find you if they want to know more about your work, um, what you do? Maybe they want to ask you some questions about design. Uh, maybe actually want to ask you something about the Stoics. You never know. They can definitely follow you on LinkedIn, as I said at the beginning, because you post some really interesting reflections. Yeah, LinkedIn is a great place to connect. Um, I do post a lot of uh, content around identity and, and brand development as, as well. Um, so always trying to add some some value to the 
to the community as well. So um, if you are curious about certain subjects and you just kind of want to read and feel um, get a better feel, I'm always posting content on LinkedIn. So feel free to connect with me there. You can see more of our studio's work at monographco.com. Um, and you can find us on Instagram at monographco. And you can find me uh, uh, personally on Instagram as well at Sophia Ahmed, my name and um, just one, one word. Um, so yeah, that's probably the best way to connect. Great, great, great. Thank you so much, Sophia, for, for coming, uh, on the show and sharing your, your journey, your knowledge about storytelling, brand building, and as well, the, the Stoics. Thank you so much, Michael, for having me. It was such a pleasure, uh, talking branding and yeah, talking about the Stoics with you. It was great. Wow. Thank you, Sophia, for your insight on how to create better brands through storytelling. And also our conversation about how Stoic philosophy can actually improve you both your life, but also business. Now ask yourself, how are we using storytelling to effectively build a brand that stands out? And if you want to learn more about how to become better at storytelling, tune in to episode number 113 with Caroline Posma, founder of The Post on Binge Marketing. A big thank you to Biz Simply for supporting us, bringing great insights, strategies, and tools to help leaders to become better every day. Check them out at bizsimply.com or the social at bizsimply or bizsimplyhq. You can also email them directly at podcast at bizsimply.com. A huge thank you to Fina Charlton, who is the show producer and editor for the Podcast Collective. I really appreciate that you are listening in. So if you enjoyed today's conversation, please share, rate, review, or subscribe to one of our channels, which all can be done via the website hospitalitymavericks.com. If you have any ideas or feedback for how we can improve the show or other thoughts, reach out to me via LinkedIn or my email, michael at hospitalitymavericks.com. Tune in next time for another interview. And in the meantime, find out more about us, subscribe to the weekly newsletter, Maverick Talk, with hospitalitymavericks.com. I'm Michael Tinksam, and you've been listening to the Hospitality Maverick Podcast Show. Be Maverick!